Welcome to the Caris Christian Center podcast. Jesus, bigger hand clap, amen. Thank you, Lord. It's good to be here tonight. Thank you, uh, Lawson and Barbara, for inviting me and, and appreciate the trust with your people. And, and, uh, and th- these are great pastors here at, that you guys have at Caris Christian Center. They've been faithful, they love you, they feed you the Word of God. Uh, this is a healthy, healthy church. Amen? And so, you know, every once in a while, you need to uh, email them and not a, with a problem, <laughs> not with a complaint. <laughs> you know, I've told them when I pastored, my wife and I, it was my beautiful bride, Janice, why don't you stand up, honey? <clears throat> we pastored for 27 years. And, you know, it takes no anointing, zero anointing, to identify a problem. (laughs) And I had people come to me on my staff. They would present problems to me. And I finally told them, unless somebody's dying, I I don't even want to know the problem. In fact, I already know it. It's usually going to cost more money or more people or some system and what I want, if you, if you identify a problem, come to me with a solution, whether we implement it or not. And so I just encourage you, I encourage your pastors, you know, let them know how much you appreciate them and uh, just bless them, give them gift cards or whatever God puts on your heart, but uh, be, be good sheep, amen? Praise God. How you, how you treat those who are in authority over you is exactly how you'll be treated when you get there. Look at your neighbor and say, I think he's talking to you. I have uh, several of my I have several of my family members, Brian and Tanya and Ellie are right here. Uh, my, it's my oldest son and his wife and family. And, and then my daughter-in-law and two granddaughters. Uh, there's Kelly right here and Hannah and Haley. Uh, and, and Hannah is going to Karis this fall. Amen. So I do have product back there, and I encourage you to check it out. This is my latest book called Walking in Wisdom. We are in a generation. I'm not speaking this over the church, but in the world, we're in a generation that's information rich and wisdom poor. I mean, we can, you can Google anything. My little grandson, Riker, he's eight years old now. He came over to my house and he said, Pop up, he said, are you famous? And I mean, I'm on Andrew Womack's platform and, and I'm on, I've got my own TV program and, uh, with this radio face, so there's hope for all of you. Praise God. And anyway, I said, I don't know, son. He said, well, I Googled you the other day. But here's, here's the problem, guys. We, we, can, we can get all this information, but what are we doing with it? Proverbs, Proverbs 15.2 says, says that uh, the tongue of the wise uses knowledge rightly. If you can use knowledge rightly, you can use knowledge wrongly. Amen? So who would admit that you can use some wisdom in your life and you would like this book? Okay, could you... 
One of you guys, uh, oh, Mario, good to see you, brother, right? Find somebody to give that to. Okay, this is, I'm actually going to teach from uh, this, this series. I do have a TV program on gospeltruth.tv. It's called Wisdom for Living. And it comes on every day at 1 o'clock uh, or 1 in the morning if you can't sleep. <laughs> and uh, you can also go to YouTube, Greg Moore Ministries, and go to YouTube and watch all my programs if you just sub subscribe free. And, uh, but but in, this, in this series, we talk about the four kinds of love that are necessary in marriage, priorities that will produce peace in marriage, cultivating your, your mate's heart, which is what we're going to talk about tonight, uh, how to fight fair. That's a good one. <laughs> and then here's, and you ought to get it for just for that one or this one, satisfaction between the sheets. That's awesome. And then the truth about divorce and remarriage. So who would like to, who would, who needs some help? We would just, I'll just let you pass that out. Okay, and Tonight, anyone who buys, purchases one of my TV series, you're, you can get your choice of a free book. Amen? Okay, so open your Bibles wherever you'd like. I'm going to be in, I'm going to be in um, Mark chapter 10, but I want to tell you a funny first. Is that okay? This is called the gender test for computers. So well, there, was, there were some adults taking a computer science course at a community college, and after a few weeks of classes, their instructor decided to have a bit of fun with them one day. So he divided the men in, in one group and the women in another, another group, gave, gave them each 20 minutes to determine which gender computers ought to be. So after 20 minutes, they came back together to share their discovery. The men went first and declared they voted unanimously that computers should be referred to in the feminine gender. And the professor said, okay, well, share with me your reasons for this determination. And they had four points. First of all, they said computers should be referred to in the female gender because no one but their creator understands their internal logic. Number two, when computers speak to each other, they speak in code language, only they and experts can understand. <laughs> it gets better. <laughs> Number three, every mistake you ever make is stored on their hard drive <laughs> for later retrieval. <laughs> and number four is you, as soon as you commit to one, you end up spending half your paycheck accessorizing it. <laughs> but don't laugh too hard, because the women had the last word on this subject, as they always do. <laughs> they voted unanimously that computers must be in the masculine gender for the following reasons. <laughs> funny. First of all, in order to get their attention, you have to turn them on. <laughs> Secondly, they have a lot of data, but they still can't think for themselves. 
y'all are enjoying this too much, ladies. <laughs> Number three, they're supposed to help you solve problems, but half the time they are the problem. And number, and number four, as soon as you commit to one, you realize if you'd waited a little longer, you could have gotten a better model. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That is funny. I don't care, I don't care who you are. That's funny right there. Praise God. <laughs> Well, it's good to laugh, amen? <laughs> uh, we, we need to laugh. You, you, if you guys really want to laugh, go online and watch uh, Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage. It is, fun, it is so funny, the difference between men's brains and women's brains. It's great. Mark chapter, five, Mark chapter 10 and verse 2. And the Pharisees came and asked Jesus, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? Testing him. And he answered and said to them, what did Moses command you? And they said, Moses permitted uh, a man to write a certificate of divorce and dismiss her. And Jesus said to them, because of the hardness of your heart, everybody say hardness of heart. Because of the hardness of heart, he wrote this, uh, wrote you this precept. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female, two genders, only two genders. For, the reason, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. It's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve, not, not Eve and Stephanie. And they too, and, and shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one, so they're no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. And that were the words there, let not man, the word separate means allow no space between. And so, guys, there's an attack against the institution of marriage in this hour. And all the garbage in the woke culture, you can, you can boil it all down. So much of it is just is an uh, all-out attack against the institution of marriage. Transgenderism, homosexuality, all that. Because then, you know, if, I'm, if I can be whatever gender I say I want to be, then I can, I can marry whoever I want to marry. And it's going to lead to where you're going to be able to marry your dog so your dog can get health insurance. Seriously, that, I mean, it's going so crazy. Now, now I, believe, I believe the church is the answer, and we're going we're gonna to speak up the, for the truth, amen? And sp we've got to speak the truth. But, we, but guys, listen, uh, God, we've got to stand for the institution of marriage between one man and one woman. No, no other type of marriage does God recognize. Are you hearing me? And, and so, you know, I'm not militant about that in terms of trying to get in somebody's face, but, um, you know, my, my uh, cousin divorced his wife, two children. They've got two children, and, and he, he married, so-called married, a, a guy. And I didn't go to the wedding because it's not a marriage. 
according to the word. Are you hearing me? I didn't, I'm, you know, I didn't condemn him. I didn't get on social media and condemn him. But look, we, we need to stand by the truth. Are you hearing me? And he said, look, here's what was going on. The Pharisees were coming to, to Jesus to use the law as a reason for covering the adultery that was in their hearts because they wanted to, hey, if we can get a divorce certificate, then we can trade our wives in on new models. And that's when Jesus said, if you divorce your wife, he goes on to say, if you divorce your wife and marry another, he's connecting the actions. He said, you're, you're the, the divorce certificate doesn't remove the adultery that's in your heart. He's not saying if you ever remarry, you're committing adultery. He's talking to people who are trying to uh, trade their wives in on new models. And, and, he, and he, it gives us really interesting uh, and, uh, purpose, and I mean, a reason for divorce is in verse 5, because of the hardness of your hearts. And my wife and I, when we pastored, we counseled hundreds of people and people could come in and talk to us, and it was like they were talking to us, and we could hear them, but there was like this huge wall between, between them because they developed hardness of heart. And hardness of heart is the major cause of marriage problems, according to Jesus, where you can live in the same house, but there's no intimate connection. There's no emotional, intimate connection. And, and Jesus told us here, what God has joined together, let no man separate. Let nothing separate. No, allow no space between. Allow no space between. And you see this here? This is what we allow. I mean, how many times do we, I go out on a date with my wife and, and, and people are texting. They're sitting there talking to one another. I mean, not talking to one another. They're texting. You need to turn it off. Intimate connection. Guys, I'm jumping ahead of the message here, but what a woman wants in a relationship is a guy whose the lights are on and somebody's really home. How was your day? Fine. What happened to nothing? Just kind of warms your heart, doesn't it? No, a, 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 your wife wants to know things. She wants to connect with you. She, she, want, she wants emotional connection. She wants to hear meaningful words. <laughs> Talk. You knew how to do it when you were courting her. Amen? And so, guys, uh, people are living in the same house and they're, they're like roommates, there's no love and affection. And we, we've got, listen, we, we've got to change this. And maybe this is not you, but you're gonna connect with people who are having marriage problems and you need to be equipped with that. And so I, I'm just gonna give you some, uh, these first couple of uh, slides that they're, uh, they're, they're gonna put up. Uh, the, first of all is warning signs of hardening of the heart. Warning signs. Number one, frequent misunderstanding and miscommunication. Frequent misunderstanding and, and miscommunication. No, number two, you become easily perturbed. 
with your mate over little things. Is that up there? Yeah. You become easily perturbed with your mate over little things. This is, these are signs that your heart's beginning to harden. Number three, you begin to look for opportunities to spend time away from your mate. When that starts happening, Houston, we have a problem. Number four, you snap at or are short with your mate regularly. Number five, you've developed an adversarial attitude towards your mate. You know, you could take a snapshot of this or they've, they've got the PowerPoint, they could, we could get it to you. But uh, you, you've developed an adversarial attitude towards your mate that rules your communication and your relationship. My grandparents, when they were in their 70s, it was like they were constantly snapping at one another, just constant bickering back and forth. There was no love, there was, there was no peace in, in the room. How many of you know that's not the will of God for marriage? Are you hearing me? Number, number six is arguments have become the rule instead of the exception. Okay, now I'm going somewhere here. I'm just trying to give you some, some warning signs. If, this is, if any of these things are happening, okay, don't, don't hide your head in the sand. Okay, deal with it. Or number, se number uh, eight or seven, you view your mate with contempt most of the time. That's not a good thing. Is it? It's not a good thing at all. So now here are some major heart hardeners to avoid. And, and these are things I'm not going to, for the sake of time, I'm not going to have the time to unpack all of these, but they're in the Word, and you can, you can find these things, a lot of good, lot of good Scripture. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a few, but, no, but number one is self-centeredness. Nothing kills love and trust in relationships like regular demonstrations of selfishness, what you pushing your agenda, wanting your way. I mean, guys, marriage is a, is a lot about dying to yourself, dying to your own will. In fact, if you want, well, this is in my book on wisdom, uh, if you want to walk in wisdom, how many of you would like to walk in wisdom? Okay, wisdom and love are sisters. Wisdom and love are sisters. If, you, if you'll take the time when you have a decision to make to circumcise your heart or cut away anything about the decision that benefits you, that's easiest for you, that's most convenient for you, or that's going to make you look good, if you'll cut all that away and then and you're making the decision in the best interest of those that you're serving, Wisdom will be there. That's how Solomon determined which of the women was the real mother of the child because the wisest king in all the earth gave, the way he made his decision was he gave a, a test of love. He said, bring the child here, cut her in half. Cut, cut the child in half. Did he intend to kill the child? No, but wisdom knew that, that love in the real mother would give up the right for the child, for the life of the child. Are you hearing me? And guys, self-centeredness is basically you're putting your will, you, what you want, what's going to make you look good, and, and, and you're forsaking wisdom when you do that. And, and you're also hardening your mate's heart. 
That's powerful. Lo love does not seek its own, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 5. Then number two, harsh, critical words. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Uh, man, <laughs> I do need to read this. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians 4. And this is, you know, I'm, I've tried to practice this regularly, but sometimes my attitude or my words don't come out as with, with as much honey as my wife desires. And then I ask her what's wrong, and she says, nothing. And how many of you know when your wife ever says nothing, it always means something. And the something is usually you. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> anyway, but so uh, Ephesians 4, 29, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers, and don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another. Listen, guys, where, where, you, where are all my men? Whether you're married or whether, you want, whether you're single and you, want, you don't want to stay single, listen, be kind to the girl. And all the women said, be kind to the girl. Guys, listen to me. Be kind to her. And then add to that tenderhearted. <laughs> Hallelujah. Forgiving one another, even as God in Christ's sake forgave you. So harsh, critical words, that, that can stop. That can cause hardness of heart. Then unforgiveness, which is an unwillingness to release hurt and past offenses and and injustices and wrongs that are done to you. And this is a major ditch. Your marriage, is got, you've got to avoid that. Uh, you've got to find the grace to uh, just go watch Frozen and let it go. Let it go. Amen. <laughs> then bitterness and resentment. Bitterness, bitter, what bitterness is, is it's when, when unforgiveness hasn't, hasn't been dealt with and in, in, in Hebrews 12, he talks about how that will cause your heart to become uh, bitter and you start defiling other people. Where, you, where, you, where you're proficient at playing the blame game. Where you're plotting to get even or take revenge. If only in your mind. The marriage counselor asked, his, asked the wife of the couple he was talking with how she manages and processes anger in their relationship because... There was, there was, they were having problems, and, and she said, well, I clean toilets. And the counselor asked the wife, well, how does that help you deal with anger toward your husband? She said, well, I use my husband's toothbrush. <laughs> That's wrong. <laughs> these are all things that can, these guys, these are what we have to avoid. Jealousy. Jealousy. It starts because you really don't, trust you to remain faithful or because of untrustworthy actions on the part of your mate. Now let me, let me just, uh, I'm not going to digress very much here, but uh, we've counseled a lot of people who've gone through affairs and, and like in one case, 
Uh, and we've done, we've counseled where the women, well, the wife has gone, had an affair, the man's had an affair, but in this one case, the man had an affair. And so they came into us, the wife forgave him. Uh, they're back together now. He cut off the other relationship. But now three months later, they're back in our, my office and he's, he's mad. He's hopping mad. He said, he said uh, she's, she, she's supposed to forgive me and she's supposed to trust me and she wants, she wants to know where I am every, every half hour. I, I said, dude, I don't trust your flesh any further than I can throw it. Don't ask me to trust you. You've got to rebuild that trust. Don't ask her to trust. If she wants to know where you are every five minutes, you sowed into that thing and you've got to rebuild trust. Forgiveness is not synonymous with trust. Are you hearing me? So, but if there's, if there's a jealousy that's going on, that can, that can create problems and just strife. It's just constant nagging or bickering. Only by pride comes contention. Proverbs 13.10 says, and then just rejection. And that can be, from, that can be acts of neglect or abuse withholding affection or attention or connection or financial support you know where you where you're attacking and accusing your mind, your mate with with words listen you need to understand this guys the number one fear that women have is the fear of isolation number one fear that she has is, isol- is isolation she, she, wants, she wants connection. Okay, the number one fear that a man deals with is a fear of shame. That's why, gals, would you like to know why your husband procrastinates the way he does? Would anybody want to know? Maybe your husband doesn't, but I know some husbands that do. And the reason why men tend to procrastinate is because they don't want to fail. And they don't want the shame that's associated with the failure. And we don't want you to be our mom and telling us, I told you so. And all the men said, that was so stinking weak. (laughs) I said, all the men said? Yeah, you know, and so, and how can you tell this? You go on the playground and and, uh, just listen, with the little girls on the playground, They're going to say, uh, you know, you can't be, you know, I'm not going to be your best friend anymore. You don't ever hear little boys saying that. Little boys are saying, my daddy can whip your daddy. (laughs) Right? And so so we need to understand one another. And and ladies, you know, you want connection. And so, you know, if, if you need connection and you're not getting it, you're trying to get it by nagging, but the nagging communicates, I did something wrong, and, and the shame, and, and, I, and I don't want to do something, I don't want to fail, because we re- got, got men, we would, re- we would rather you beat us than shame us. I know you ladies don't understand that, but you guys know what I'm talking about. We, we, listen, we don't want shame, so... Does it work, guys, to be, to be nagged? Does it work? It doesn't work. And, 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 you know, gals, does it work for your husband to avoid you? That doesn't work. Are you hearing me? 
And so we need to understand how, how men and women function together. God, God put us together to complement one another. And so there are things that, that we can do to cultivate openness in our relationship with our mate. And so things a husband can do to cultivate an open heart with his mate, okay? So all, all of you guys, I want you to pay attention. Number one, be considerate. Everybody say considerate. That means to be thoughtful. That means your wife wants to know that she's first in your life and in your thoughts. She receives that affirmation through the small, thoughtful things that you do for her. The cards, the texts, the flowers, no, when it's not a special occasion, the gifts when it's not a special occasion, the housework, washing dishes, making the bed, picking up your stuff. <laughs> I'm speaking from experience. Opening the car door for her. She just wants to be considered. She wants, she wants you to be thoughtful about her. Is this true, ladies? Is this true? Okay. And so you want to carry forward the same level of consideration for her in marriage as in courtship. Then number two, be compassionate. Now what I'm talking about here, guys, listen to me. Very careful. Okay. Romance to a woman is not spelled S-E-X. It's spelled what I'm talking about here. If you want to know what romance is to a woman, it's being considerate, it's being compassionate, being gentle and kind, be kind to one another, tenderhearted. And that's not natural for a man in the same way that respecting is not natural to a woman. Ephesians 5.33 says, Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Respect for a woman is not natural. Love and nurturing is not natural for a man. And God, we have to be intentional about this, guys. But if you want to open up your mate's heart, it's, it's by being considerate and in, and in being compassionate. Not, not harsh or bitter. Why? Why is it in Colossians 3.19 that the Bible says, husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter toward them uh, why would he tell, he didn't say uh, that to wives, he said that to, to men. Why? Because in, their, in, their, in our wives' attempts, I, I would, I, listen, I can't imagine being a woman who has to submit her life in the hands of an imperfect human being. And, and I, I can understand her need to try to push us along into a spiritual picture that they have of what a spiritual man is. But, but listen, gals, we don't need another mother. We don't need another mother, do we guys? So, you know, so it's like the reason why God said don't be bitter because of the resentment that comes because 
Basically, guys, we've been sitting on our hands and not leading our wives and not and taking initiative uh, about about cultivating her uh, her heart. You you want to remain tender-hearted toward her all the time, no matter how irrational <laughs> or emotional she may seem at times. <laughs> and it involves living in a spirit of mercy and forgiveness toward her at all times. Then, then uh, number three, uh, is this helpful? Guys, you better be nodding right now, yes. Number three, be complimentary. Everybody say compliment. That means noticing and expressing appreciation for the things that she does for you, for your family, and for others. Looking for the good instead of the negative. Choose words that build her up instead of tear her down. I know I came home one day and and I noticed my wife was upset. And it was one of those times I asked her what was wrong and she said nothing. And of course, that always means something. And so, but it's up to me to figure it out. So I prayed and she didn't really know what it was. But then God showed me two days before she was doing all this work outside in the garden, in the yard, and, and fixed everything up so nice and I didn't even notice. And that, and that wounded her. That hurt her. Now she got over it because she's a good woman. But listen, guys, we need, to, we need to notice what our wives do for us and say thank you. And hey, man, I appreciate the fact that you cleaned the house. I appreciate the, man, that was a great dinner and, and, and compliment. Uh, this is romance to a woman. Is this right, ladies? Then number, number four, learn the art of communication. Okay? And, and, and learn the art of communication in a way that a woman needs communication. With us, we can be bottom line with each other, guys. We can say yes, no, you know. But I had one guy tell me, his wife was a talker. But anyway, he said, it's, I, I've done scientific, I, scientific study. I've proven it is impossible for me to ask my wife a, a, a question that, that only requires a yes or no answer and ever just get a yes or no. It, it doesn't happen. Why? Because that's her desire to connect. Right? But so, so you want to listen, guys. And what we do is we want to go, we're, we're fixers. We're, we want to get, we, we want to get something done. We want to accomplish it. We want to, you know, get the problem done and move on, right? But, but it's, that doesn't bless her, does it, ladies? For, for him to look at you as a project <laughs> or a problem that you go, they, they fix and then, no, she, they, wanna, they want you to listen and be compassionate with what they're going through and then talk about the, okay, the possibilities. Ask her what her thoughts are about the, the uh, solution and you make some suggestions, but don't, you may know the answer. I'm, look guys, look, everybody look up here. I'm really trying to help you out guys. <laughs> I really am. But I know in my knower, somebody's not listening to me. I just know it. You think, you think, you know, you got, but you, you wonder why your marriage isn't where it's supposed to be. I'm telling you that she needs communication. Listen, 
Guys, if a wife needs emotional connection where she feels that you're there with her and, and you care about what she cares about and, and you're listening to her, not just moving on to the next thing and trying to come up with the answer. Now, I mean, I'm all about finding answers, but I, I, I'm, I've learned to listen a little bit better now. I said a little bit. Amen? <laughs> and be transparent and share detail about your job and and you know, you know where where that makes her feel a part of what what you're what you what you're doing, and and be honest and follow through with your commitments and set time aside. So have not only have date nights, but set time aside where you're communicating. You know, important marriage lesson in communication: you can be right, or you can be happy. The goal of communication with a woman is not winning. It's, it's unity and peace. And if you'll seek to understand more than to be understood, guys, you're going to have a healthy communication in your marriage. Amen? So, is that helpful? Is that helpful, guys? All right. Things a wife can do to cultivate an open heart with her husband. Number one, always show him respect. Always hold him in high honor, in regard, in front of your children, in front of others, in front of your BFF. In fact, my counsel to you is you don't, should not have another BFF that is greater than your, than your spouse. If you do, Things aren't well in your marriage. I'm not saying you can't have friends. I'm not saying you can't have girlfriends. I can't, I'm not saying you shouldn't have a relationship with your mother. But if you're talking to your mom every day, or if you're talking to your girlfriend more than you are your mate, gals, that's a problem. Are you hearing me? Show him respect and all, look, uh, if you need, if there's a problem, you guys can't get along. Go get some counsel, but don't talk to somebody about your problem with your with your mate who can't help you to solve it. You, that's gossip when you're talking down. Only when you appeal up, amen. Is is it not gossip? First Peter three, one one through two. Wives likewise be submissive to your own husbands that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by respect. That word fear means respect. And it's interesting, isn't it? The Bible says in, a, in Ephesians, here in, here in 1 Peter 3, it says that, that wives are to win their husbands without words, and that, and that husbands in Ephesians five are to win, are to wash their wa the, their wives with the water of the word. So, uh, husbands are to are to win their wives with words, wives without words, and that doesn't mean you don't talk. But how's that working for you? And it's it's like we're 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 just going the opposite direction. Listen, my wife knows the best about me. 
She knows the worst about me too. She knows the worst about me, but all you'll hear is the best. Now we, we'll, have, we'll have some intense discussions behind closed doors. But, God, but listen, gals, your husband needs respect. He needs you to respect him and, and adapt to him and, and not talk bad about him behind his back. And all the guys said? Number two, this is a great one. Willingly fulfill him in the physical relationship. Willingly fulfill him in the physical relationship. Minister passion and communicate your desire for your husband in your sexual intimacy with him. One of my favorite verses, Proverbs 5, 18 through 19. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of your youth as a loving deer and a graceful doe. Let her breasts satisfy you at all times and always be enraptured with her love. That's an awesome verse. Okay. Gals, do you know what it's like for your husband to be with you in communication and the lights are on and nobody's home? You know what that's like? You know how that feels? Is that a, are you all afraid to admit that? Do you know how that feels, ladies? That's exactly how it feels to your husband when you're with him in the physical relationship in an obligatory way. Are you hearing me? Okay, I'll just, since I'm here, I might as well just dive in and go the rest of the way. My wife and I were counseling this gal one time, and I have the airport in sight. We're about to land. Don't, don't get nervous. My wife and I were counseling this gal one time, and uh, she, was at, she was sure her husband was having an affair. And so we listened. They had a 31-year-old daughter, and we listened to her, and so we decided to invest in her in their marriage. And we were going to give her a gift card to go get some sweet little nothings. I forget where the name of the place, but whatever those places are. It's Victoria's Secret or whatever. Anyway, she said, well, my husband has never seen my body. And I said, well, you had a 31-year-old daughter. How, how did that happen? Well, we, I go in the closet, undress, and, and, and turn all the lights off. I said, ma'am, do you understand that your, your wife, I mean, do you understand that your body is the only body that your husband has a right to look at? And, and you know what happens, ladies, when we, get, when we get 40, we fight the battle of the bulge. And then ladies end up despising their bodies but yet, and withholding it from their mate when your body is the only body your husband has the right to look at. And I told her, don't make him hungry. I said, turn the lights on. Uh, uh. And we got her some little nothings, and Janice did, I didn't, but anyway. <laughs> but the, the, next, the next Sunday morning, the next Sunday morning, he comes to church. He hadn't been churching. Six weeks, he had a big smile on his face. He was a happy, he was a happy camper. Everybody say willing. There's nothing more attractive to a man than a woman, his wife, who wants to be with him and meet his needs. We, 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 so many 
so many women make this unspiritual. When God created the physical relationship within the marriage relationship, amen? So we need to do it right and, and, do, and be godly and often. <laughs> so this guy, and I'm just going to share, I'll share one more thing, but this guy, he was at, uh, Jack Hayford told this, he, he was doing a marriage seminar and he said, well, how often do y'all have intimate relationship and you know several people lifted their hand at so many times a week and once a week and twice a month and once a month and when he got to annually once a year there's this little old guy in the back he was going like this waving his head he said sir what are you excited so excited about he said tonight's the night <laughs> So may, may tonight be the night. <laughs> Hallelujah. Then finally, support and encouragement. Determine to be your husband's number one fan and supporter. Always build him up with words and appreciate him. Make him your best friend. Amen. Don't make, make him compete for loyalty with your mother or your sister or your best friend or, or something else. But, I mean, man, when I'm challenged with discouragement or things that are are going on you know my wife is building me up thank god for a godly a godly wife and we've been married now 51 years amen she was 12 i was 13 not really that's not true she was 18 i was 19 so y'all y'all can figure it out but we still kiss we still hold hands and we still do more than that and, and I'm a satisfied husband, and she's a satisfied wife. Guys, I'm, I know what I'm talking about. God wants your marriage. He wants to heal hardness of hearts, and He wants your marriage to get better. How many of you know it can get better? Now, how, how many of you would admit to me, I'm not doing this for me? How many of you would admit to me there's one thing that the Lord spoke to you tonight about that would help you in your marriage that you can apply? Would you lift your hand if, it, if that's the case? Okay. How many of you uh, would just say, you know, hey, I need help in my marriage. I, I, I need help. And, and maybe you're afraid to lift your hand because your mate, uh, you don't want to embarrass your mate or shame your mate. I encourage you to reach out to the elders or leaders or pastors or, or somebody who can help you Amen? And let me pray for you. Why don't you all stand for just a moment? You've been sitting a little while. I'll have you sit back down in just a second. If you're there with your mate, why don't you grab hands? Father, I pray for marriages today. And I pray for healing. I pray, Father, for where there is any hardness of heart. Father, you break down those walls by re repentance in the hearts of your people where they just submit to, Lord, all right, I'm going to do what, what you want me to do with my mate, and I'm going to trust you with them. I'm not going to manipulate or control anymore. In Jesus' name, Father, I pray healing for marriages that are struggling. And then, Father, for those who are single, Lord, I believe you've got good, good mates for them, 
They're going to wait on the right one in Jesus' name. For how many of you single don't want to stay that way? Okay, listen to me. There's only one thing worse than being together, and that's being, than, than being I mean, being alone, and that's being together and miserable. Wait until you know. Do you, marriage is the, dating is a discovery process. You don't decide who you marry. You discover. Amen? Praise God. Father, I just thank you for this church. This is a blessed church. And, and Father, the healthy marriages in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys. Love you all. Thank you for listening to the Karis Christian Center podcast. If you would like to receive prayer, product, or more information about the ministry, go to www.karischristiancenter.com or call us at 719-418-4000.